Welcome to the Marketing Millennials, the No BS Marketing Podcast. I'm Daniel Murray, and join me for unfiltered conversations with the brains behind marketing's coolest companies. The one request I tell our guests, stories or it didn't happen. Get ready to turn the f*** up. Standing out in Amazon is a chore. The nice way to actually be able to test that battleground is kind of like, you know, you can use for Google search, you can do things like SEMrush and Ahrefs and things like that. There are comparable things on Amazon. So you can use like a Helium 10 or a Jungle Scout. Do some search analysis. Look at the keywords. Look for your own brand name. See if people are searching your brand. If they're searching your brand, then you might want to be on there, especially if there's a decent amount of search volume. As a marketer, my biggest challenge is capturing and keeping my audience attention online. Wistia helps you level up your video marketing. It's a complete video platform that allows you to create, post, and measure your video's impact. You don't need to be a video expert. Wistia's built for you. Head to wistia.com to see for yourself and try it for free. That's W-I-S-T-I-A, wistia.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Marketing Millennials. Today, I have Andrew on the podcast. I'll let him give his 20-second pitch of who he is and also ask him how he got into marketing. What's going on, Daniel? Thanks for having me. So I, uh, uh, my name's Andrew Math. It's short for Mathtone because a lot of people butcher the last name, so I just go by Math. I'm the founder CEO of Blue Tusker. We're a full-service marketing company for e-commerce sellers. Uh, I've been in the digital marketing space for a little over 16 years now. It was uh, for the sake of this podcast. It, I started like back in the good emo music days and uh, still maintaining that with me. I love it. I love it. First of all, the topic of what we're going to talk about is omnichannel, but could you explain to people that don't even know what omnichannel is, what it is, um, and how to think about it? And then we'll go into like more strategic tactical stuff. For e-commerce, omnichannel marketing effectively means marketing across multiple channels. So kind of leveraging your marketing to benefit from all your different sales channels. So obviously, we're all aware like Amazon exists. Everyone's got their own website. You've got Walmart out there, eBay, Wayfair, Chewy. You've got all these different places that you can buy a singular product. So really what omnichannel marketing is, is using all of your different strategies, whether it's social media influencer you know, email marketing, paid ads, whatever it is you got going on and adjusting that strategy to focus on wherever it is that you have your product available so that you can kind of diversify. So it's really just kind of about having like a, a full overarching, like cohesive marketing strategy across all your sales channels. How do you decide where to focus? Because I think that's like the biggest question when you're starting because it's hard to have the marketing efforts go everywhere. So at the beginning, what do you tell people? Like, where should I start? I mean, obviously it's different products, it's different things, but how should I think about it? Every business, every product, every category, and every business owner are very, very different. So it always depends on those situations. We'll start working with someone who's doing really well on Amazon and they want to start diversifying, let's say, to their own website. So we find ways to baby step them into starting to focus on their own website. 
but it could also be the other way around. We'll have people that do really well on their own website. They've got a nice social presence, good email list, that kind of stuff. But then they want to start to get into Amazon or Walmart or eBay or something like that. And we have to figure out like, okay, that's kind of like starting a new business all over again. So how do we get them to ramp up? How do we leverage the assets that they have available to improve on these other channels? So it kind of comes down to what's the product? Who's the customer? Where are they usually hanging out? And what assets do we have available to us that we can leverage to kind of push and pull those different directions? Okay, this is like going to specifics because the, it's hard because there's so many products. But how would I, if I'm selling something, come up with this strategy? Like how do, how do you lay out what channels to use, how to think about what channels to use, and how to think about where I should spend time on each channel? Not saying there's a specific product, but just like how do you think of mapping it out? How I think of mapping it out is the assets that they have available to them. So like if they're on Amazon, right? So let's say they're on Amazon, they're doing really well. They want to start to diversify. Great. How many products do you have? Is the product something that is searchable or is it something that needs a little bit of education, right? So if it's searchable, Google, Microsoft, super easy. Let's do some Google ads, SEO. Let's focus on that stuff. Is it something that needs a little bit of education? Maybe it's an incredibly crowded market. So doing search ads is going to be way too expensive, So maybe I want to do social ads, or maybe it's a completely new product that no one's ever heard of. It's an invention or something. Then we've got to look at doing social ads, something like that, that I can use that kind of creative, whether it's video or imagery or whatever we have to start to educate the market. I'll drive that traffic directly to their Amazon storefront. That allows me to see that, okay, this off Amazon traffic is going to convert on Amazon. So now... Now, do I want to go balls to the wall and do a whole new website and start to push them directly to the website and keep a lot of my margin? Or do I want to ease into this, focus on a certain product, and then maybe I just do a landing page and test that battleground? So I can kind of baby step into how you start to sell off Amazon. If it's the other way around and you're on your own site and you want to get into Amazon, really what you can do there, it's actually a lot easier in my opinion. Take a handful of your products, put them up on Amazon, tell your audience that you're having a big sale on Amazon, send the traffic directly to Amazon, give them their own special coupon, let them get a bunch of, get a bunch of orders on Amazon, get a bunch of reviews, do it within that first like 30 to 60 day like honeymoon period for new products that Amazon gives you, get all the traction there, then pivot your marketing back to your website because Amazon's really more of a customer acquisition channel. It's not so much great to just point all of your traffic there because the margins are trash. But at least if you're doing it in that direction, you can kind of get that initial like snowball effect after you've kind of moved that traffic there. But then you want to go back to your site. You want to keep your data at the end of the day. Doing that sale to say like you are doing a special offer for Amazon. How do you make make sure that you retain those customers that are like loyal on your website? So you don't push them on Amazon, not Amazon. They keep buying your product from Amazon. There's a lot of different like features and bells and whistles you can add on your website. The, the main thing that you could really focus on is the overall experience. You've really got to have a better experience than Amazon. At the end of the day, that's the way to do it. The other option is you're typically not going to have major sales on Amazon unless you're hopping in on like a Prime Day or something like that. But what you can do is make sure that the people that are shopping on your website are treated like VIPs. We're going to have a sale on the site. 
Uh, the sale is only available on our website. Here's what the sale is. You could have reward programs. Obviously, having them in an email list, incentivizing them to continue to come back to the website. SMS has been doing pretty well. So there's a lot of different directions you can go with that. So really what you have to do is you have to make sure that the experience on the website is as best as you can get it, but then you also want to have your continued incentives for them to shop on the website. We always suggest Amazon's a great customer acquisition channel. I want to find ways to get people from Amazon to my website. And then when they get to the website, I want to focus on retention. So what can I do from an automated email marketing perspective, SMS, reward programs, that kind of stuff. It sounds like, I mean, for even like Amazon, Walmart, all that stuff, it's just basically like the virtual foot traffic that you need for your for your brand that you, you aren't getting other places. So they have another place to shop at other places. It's kind of like the DoorDash model for restaurants where you have restaurants on DoorDash, use it as a marketing tool, and then make sure after they've used DoorDash that they continue shopping directly. So I think that's a, an interesting way to think about it. Let's say they go in deeper into the website. What are some successful ways to drive people to your website that you're seeing now? Like what, what should every e-commerce site have? Depends on the brand. If you're also selling on Amazon, the buy with Prime feature came out, what, like a year or so ago. So basically that feature allows people to, it allows sellers where they can have on their product page, you can have your normal like buy now button, you know, you can use Apple Pay or anything like that, but it also now has buy with Prime. So if you're a, if you have an Amazon account and you benefit from buying Prime products so you can get stuff in two days, that kind of thing. You can now add a button to your website that actually allows you to purchase directly from Amazon on the product page. So if you're a, let's say you're a newer seller and you're still trying to get people to understand like the experience on your site and trust you a little bit more, that extra Amazon brand awareness can really go a long way because then you can also see like, oh, you know, you can get it in two days and you have the all the extra like, you know, people know the return policies and all that fun stuff with Amazon. So there's that extra brand awareness, so it can really help boost your conversion rate. Overall, though, like conversion rate optimization or CRO is wildly underutilized in most e-commerce sellers that we work with. It shocks me how many people don't really do anything to optimize their website. They spend all of this money on Facebook ads or Google ads or email marketing or social media and these influencers, and they blow all this cash driving traffic to a website that's just garbage. And so what happens is, you spend all this money and it doesn't convert. And if you don't focus on actually con your conversion rate optimization, so, you know, A-B testing structure, copy, imagery, you know, you can do the basic stuff like button colors and things like that, but you can A-B test offers and, and pricing and actually getting deep into the data of what's working and what's not. That's where it really comes down to like making sure that you're doing what you can to have the best website possible. So it's all about A-B testing all those different features. At what point should you decide, okay, I'm doing pretty well on my website. At what point do you decide, hey, let's start exploring more channels? Like what, like what should be like that, that turning point that you should say, okay, now it's a good time to go to Walmart, not Amazon. I know all these answers are different for every brand and it's just hard, but like 
is there a point on your website where you're just like, okay, it's time to start trying some other channels because we need another leopard or pool? To your point, depends on the brand. Uh, there's definitely brands you know we work with that I don't suggest going to Amazon. You're doing like a premium brand, you know, like a high end clothing brand or jewelry or something like that. Standing out in Amazon is a chore. The nice way to actually be able to test that battleground is kind of like, you know, you can use for Google search, you can do things like SEMrush and Ahrefs and things like that. There are comparable things on Amazon. So you can use like a Helium 10 or a Jungle Scout, do some search analysis, look at the keywords, look for your own brand name, see if people are searching your brand. If they're searching your brand, then you might want to be on there, especially if there's a decent amount of search volume. But it really, in my opinion, these all these marketplaces, the added benefit that they have is they have these pre-existing audiences. So they're fantastic for customer acquisition. So if you feel like you've kind of hit a cap with, you know, your Google ads, your Facebook ads, things like that, then it might be beneficial to go to Amazon. The other thing I always say is like, there's no rule that says once you go to Amazon, you have to bring all of your products over and you have to stay there forever. You can bring a couple products over, you can test it out and if it doesn't work, you leave. We work with a ton of sellers that are premium and like apparel. And all they do is put their lower end ton of stock type of stuff onto Amazon to acquire new customers. It introduces the brand to new people. They then come over to the website and they shop on their website more often. So they simply use it as a customer acquisition channel. That's usually the best way to use those marketplaces. What about like thinking about it from like a logistics point of view? Because I think like one thing that Amazon does the best is like they have a huge logistics network. So like, I think, how do you think about it as like, sometimes it might be better to start on Amazon just because like, it's harder to set up your own logistics or find a good 3PO. So how do you think about that as from like a logistics point of view for Amazon or your website or starting to go on the channel? Yeah, like if you're just starting out, I love the idea of Amazon because it's so it's wildly inexpensive, right? You don't have to build a website. You don't have to do anything than that. If you're smart and you do it correctly, your initial startup costs outside of obviously getting product are quality product imagery, doing the listing optimization, getting, you know, your search terms and your your copy done, your A plus content, like that kind of stuff to make it look really nice. Then your paid advertising, which you're gonna do anywhere anyway. So it's really inexpensive to get up and running and they already have a pre-existing audience. So everyone on Amazon is there to shop. Conversion rates on Amazon are insane compared to websites. You think your average conversion rate on e-commerce websites between like two and 4%. On Amazon, it's between like 20 and 40 because everyone there is there to shop. So if they're going to find your product and they're interested, they're going to purchase. So really it's about having a great product page and being in the right place at the right time when people are searching it. So when you're starting off as a new product, having it on Amazon to just prove out the viability of the product and make sure it is a direction you want to go in with the business is perfect because all those people are there to purchase. If you want to find out if you got a good product, Amazon's a great place to figure that out because they're going to chew you apart if it's not a good product and Amazon's going to let your business tank by just not showing your product anymore. As marketers, it is our job to grab attention, engage leads, and communicate clearly. There are more channels and brands competing for attention than ever before. So how do you break through? Using video to cut through the noise. With Wistia, you can not only create videos, but also host, generate leads, and measure its impact. 
all in one place. Head to wistia.com to see for yourself and try for free. That's W-I-S-T-I-A, wistia.com. For some products that are more lower price point, it's a very good option to start someplace where instead of trying to spin up your own website, spin up your own logistics, get that all set up. And especially like you said before, like even website costs to get set up if you want to do a great is not the cheapest thing in the world. I mean, there's obviously Shopify has out of the box things, but it's built, Shopify is built to make sure that the agencies get fed too. Like that's just how it it's works. Like, yeah. <laughs> uh, so it's easier if you're starting at a point where you can get logistics, get conversion rate, understand the market out there, understand if it works, and then try. Obviously, like we said at the beginning, it's not for every brand, but it's good if you don't have a brand yet. You want to test out product. You want to see you're in an environment where everybody's shopping, like you said. And I yeah. think people know what in Amazon what to expect. Like you expect, like you know, you're going to get delivery. You know, there's customer service. You know, like if I shop on Amazon, there's a certain experience. So it's like not something crazy when you're in your own brand where you're like, am I going to get my product in three or 10 days? Am I going to get like that's like the decisions you go on your own website? Like Amazon, you know, like if it's Prime, it's going to get there in a certain day. It's this, it's going to get there a certain and, you know, you made a good point there, too. Like, it's that that model of testing it out on Amazon is it's really useful if you have a price competitive product. So if you're selling phone cases, right, like and your price point is relatively similar to all the other phone cases, Amazon's probably a good place to do that because you can get into the competition. You can see how you can do from there. But if you're like, oh, I'm starting the world's first like $200 phone case, like you're not going to do well on Amazon because most, the average consumer on Amazon is price conscious. They're looking for something. They're looking to solve a problem. They're not exactly looking to like be alerted of a brand. So brand building on Amazon, especially when you're first starting is a nightmare. Now they're doing a lot to try to combat that. But if you're trying to really build a brand and build a community and an audience, and you're trying to showcase, you know, a more premium end product, is never going to happen on Amazon. I also think if you're trying to do pre and you go on Amazon, I think you already are at a disadvantage because even when I go on Amazon, I'm like, I'm not looking for something like nice to wear or like, I'm just looking for something that's like easy to use or quick to get to or convenient. It's not like I'm going to go buy a new fleece on Amazon. I'm going to go to a store, find something that fits good, find something that's nice. So it's like, depending on, it, that's the trade-off, because I think you automatically, on Amazon, you kind of have the labels, like you're a high-quality, qu- cheap product. Like, that's like you're, like, like you're not, you're not like high-end, like, I just think, like, for me, when I shop on Amazon, I like, most clothing or gadgets I've bought, I'm like, they've always been cheap, low-end, like, stuff. And every time I've had that experience. So that's why I would never shop on Amazon for those things. And that's especially when you're shopping and you're, like, going in blind, right? Like, you're not going to go to Amazon 
and shop like and and uh, search like a uh, new fleece and then buy something that's going to be like super high quality. It's not going to happen. Now you do have the other side of it though, is you do have these bigger brands. So like, let's say, you know, Apple or like a Sonos, they're not cheap, but they do sell product on Amazon. And there are people that are searching for that, but they're not searching for like, like let's take a Sonos, right? If you're searching home theater system on Amazon, you're probably going to buy a relatively inexpensive home theater system on Amazon. That's price conscious. That's kind of in the same price point as everything else. But if you want to buy a Sonos, you're probably searching the term Sonos. So really the only reason other like quality, higher end quality brands are on Amazon is simply because they're getting searched on there and they want to be where their customer is. So it kind of depends on the two different ways, but Sonos didn't start on Amazon, right? So it's kind of like if you're price conscious, Amazon's nice. But if you're trying to do like a premium brand, you usually want to start off Amazon and then venture over there. I think you also made a good point. I think you said that earlier is that a reason to go to Amazon if you have a good e-commerce site is that people are already trying to look for you there and can't shop and then they're probably deciding on your competitor that's coming up there. Exactly. So it's like, it's just to go there to make sure like you're present when they search that term. It's kind of like bidding on keywords on Google or those type of things. It's like, you want to at least be there when someone searching for you or like or have good seo when someone's searching for you so you don't get like beaten up by five different people exactly it's a very similar thing to google it's typical of any search engine right like if you're selling t-shirts but you're a price conscious t-shirt doing stuff on google is actually probably not really smart because you're going to be going up against like haynes and gap and like you're never going to win against those guys the cost per clicks for that shit's insane so you want to go to like Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, TikTok, showcase the differences of your shirt. But then as you start to get more brand awareness and people are searching for your brand, then you want to be on Google because you want to make sure that none of your competitors are eating your lunch. So you've got to make sure like it's about the push and pull of knowing where your audience is, how they're feeling at the time of the purchase, and then where they're at when they're ready to make the purchase and making sure that you're there. I mean, it's good insights. It's like the way you have to think about these these things is it, it actually has to be strategic on the sense of i mean we talked about it earlier and it's everything different but it's like what are you selling are your customers hanging out on these different platforms like it's just kind of like how mr beast like was like oh most of my audience are probably shopping at walmart so let, let's like put my feast like chocolate bars on walmart like it's not like he knew that he can drive traffic to beastables but it's just like he already has natural foot traffic of people who know he is at Walmart. So it's an obvious thing to go put himself in, in Walmart. Um, so it's like these customers are already there. And there's you get national coverage where people who are not looking for that. Or maybe maybe they go in with their parents in a Walmart where like a kid's not gonna maybe pull pull the plug uh, or pull the trigger on uh, something on a website because they don't have their parents credit card at that point in time so i think it's like (laughs) exactly i think it's like the way you think about it strategically on how you do that and then also going a little deeper on like spending wise like is it smarter to say you have amazon walmart and a website is it smarter to drive things to your website or 
how do you have coverage for all three or four of these these places? How do you think about that? That depends on the overall approach. Like, is Amazon really a place where you're getting a lot of your customers and then they're eventually coming over to your website? Then you probably want to cater to your Amazon ads. But at the end of the day, I'm a firm believer that you want to drive as much traffic to your website as possible to own the data. Most business owners want to exit. They want to exit one day and retire and go live on a beach or something somewhere, right? And so the only way that you're going to do that and get the most bang for your buck when you exit is by selling on your own website, not just these plat- these uh, marketplaces. So one of the things I talk about all the time, and it was actually just at an Amazon conference, I was explaining it to this guy, was like, if you're solely an FBA business, right? So you only sell on Amazon. And let's say you're doing, I don't know, one and a half, $2 million a year or something like that. You're going to exit for about a two to three X EBITDA. If you're selling on your own website and you're doing that same amount, you're probably going to exit for closer to a three to five X. Because when you're selling on Amazon, the only thing that someone is buying from you is obviously your profitability, the processes that you put in place, and then whatever inventory you have in place, right? So that's all you really have to sell. When you have your own website, you've got a social media following, you've got a, a, a website, tra- organic website traffic coming in, you've got an email list, you've got all, you might have like a, a VIP list of, of um, like reward program stuff. Like you have all these additional assets that you're building. So let's say I sold phishing stuff. If I was acquired by a brand on Amazon, you have to stay a phishing brand because you can't have multiple seller central accounts. So there's no way to like pretty much merge those brands. But if I, if I was a phishing brand and I was selling my own website, I could be bought by a hunting company who's like, oh, we want to expand into all outdoor and now we want to sell phishing stuff. You know they're going to take my, my audience list and sell them hunting stuff as well because it's a relevant audience. So when you focus on your own website, you own your own data and you own your own audience, you develop such a bigger asset that when you go to exit, you can make almost two to three times as more. And when you get over a $10 million business, it's even further beyond. It's like a seven to 10X or something like that. At the end of the day, people want to buy your customers, buy a chance to market to your customers. And the keyword is like your customers. When they're on Amazon, most of the time it is your customers, but it is like it, just when they buy from you, but it technically is like Amazon's owning your customer. So it's- Yeah, you don't get their information. Yeah, yeah. which is terrible. Yeah, all you're getting is the end result where like, the money that's coming in um, where your website, you, but you said you can like, now you can go email, like do email marketing to them. Now you can push like lookalike audiences to on websites for them. Now you can upsell to them. Now you can cross sell to them. Now you can create a VA, like find out who your top people on and create a loyalty program to them. And you just become more and more valuable. It's the same argument, but like, building a social media following versus like building a newsletter like social media field following is great but like at the end of the day you want to have a place where you can stay in touch with the audience no matter if your account gets banned or not like you you, you still have an email list that you can move to multiple different bot, like email platforms or use them in different email. exactly what is a marketing hill you would die From an e-commerce perspective, I always say that trying to figure out attribution is a joke. 
And I think I will die on that hill. There's platforms out there, uh, you know, that claim to track attribution, things like that. But like years ago, before the Bio Prime thing came out, I used to just make those buttons. I used to make a button that we would put on these sites that would say available on Amazon. And we would just send traffic directly to Amazon. And the reason was, is I would do these tests where we would increase, let's say, Facebook ad spend by 10%. But I would only see a relative revenue increase on a website by 6%. But I'd see about 4 or 5% increase on Amazon because I know people are coming to my website and then they're just going to Amazon because it's just what Amazon is now. The customer journey is so fluid online, especially since the iOS change, it's a nightmare to track anything. So they may go to Walmart, they may go to eBay, they may go to Amazon, they might go to a distributor of ours. I have no friggin' idea. All I know is that I need to sell product and being able to attribute sales to individual ad channels is a joke. There's no way that you can tell if someone saw a Facebook ad, then searched you organically, came back a few days later and searched you again, but clicked on your Google ad, then decided to go to Amazon. And you're like, oh yeah, that sale came from Google. Like, no, it didn't. It actually came from Facebook, but you've completely lost track of it. There's no way for you to do that. I will die on that hill. And then going even further, you start over-investing on channels that are not doing as well as other channels. And then you get into this bad cycle of, oh, shoot, it was actually not Facebook, like Meta, it was actually this, or it was actually not Google, it was actually this, or like a perfect example is like my wife, like she'll look on websites for like things that she likes, and then she's like, okay, we're going to the store to find them. Like, but like, you might just on it, she would see an ad for it and be like, oh, that looks cute, but like, I don't know how it fit on me. So like, I'd rather just go to the store and try it on, and then she'll buy at the store, and you have no idea that, I mean, that was the Facebook guy that did it, but you had no idea doing it. That's why I always say like attribution is like a compass. It's not like a laid out strategic map for you to just make decisions. It's just for you to say, Oh, Reddit, like we're, uh, we're going in a good enough direction. Um, we're going the right way, at least like what I'm doing with my advertising. It's not like, Hey, this is the right answer. Over the past, like, six or seven years, Amazon sellers finally caught on to what's referred to as tacos. So it's your total advertising cost of sale. So how much revenue did you make in total? Not just advertising, like how much money did you go home with? Or I'm sorry, how much revenue did you make that month? And then compared to what percentage of that was advertising spend, right? So if you have $100,000, you spent $20,000, your tacos is 20%. That model isn't what people look at off Amazon, it doesn't make any sense to me. That's how we do it. So when we pl- when we supply reports to our clients, I show them, here's how much money you spent in advertising. Here's how much money you made. That's all I care about. They sometimes will come to us and go, hey, uh, okay, here's our budget for the month. Um, you know, We've got $50,000. I want you to spend 20 on Facebook and 30 on Google because of what our reports are saying. I always tell them, no, you're giving us $50,000 a month. I'm going to put it where I think it's necessary. I might pull some from Google in the middle of the month. I might pull some from Facebook. I'm going to move it around based on some of the data that we're seeing because I know you've got top of funnel stuff. You've got middle of funnel. You've got bottom of funnel. And the bottom of funnel is obviously going to always have a higher conversion rate. But I got to factor in, is that because my top of funnel, I'm just pouring all this extra traffic into it. So I got to look at that whole thing holistically. 
So looking at everything individually doesn't make any sense. Digital marketing is becoming more like traditional marketing where you can't give me the ROI of a billboard. I don't care who you are. There's no crash lawyer out there who goes, oh, that billboard on 95 gives me an X ROI. Like, no, it doesn't. You don't know. It's the same thing, digital, and it's just getting more and more in that direction. And I will die on that hill. The closed walls and also like how people are like getting trained now from all these platforms, like the way that they get trained from Amazon, the way that they get trained from like retail, the way that they get trained from friends and influencers. It's like that's getting trained to do different things and no human is rational. Like, so it's like, why are you trying to make a model rational or a human being? Exactly. Lastly, where can people find you and what you're doing? Uh, bluetusker.com, B-L-U-E-T-U-S-K-R, uh, or all social pretty much, uh, blue, at bluetusker, at Andrew Math. I have my own website, andrewmath.com. You can email me, Andrew at bluetusker. You can DM me, slide in there. I'll slide back. I don't care. I'm everywhere. Oh, awesome. He's like omni-channel person. Um, so, uh, excited for this episode to drop in. Thank you so much for coming on. Thanks so much for listening. Tune in next week to hear more great insights from marketing's coolest operators. If you haven't already, please consider subscribing to the Marketing Millennials podcast and giving it a five-star rating. It helps bring more marketers into our community.